It's Bree and Dee. Welcome to the Chocolate Bar. Our lives, our strength, our time. We're back again for episode eleven. Woohoo! I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to say much more than that because I don't want to jinx us. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're excited to be back again tonight to talk about some more stuff and good stuff and hopefully things that'll. Um, resonate with you all, our listeners. Um, first off, let's, uh, you know, catch up. It's only been a week, but I know on my end, quite a bit has happened. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll find I out. We'll like find out from D if that's the same, if that's the case. So tell us a little bit about what's been up. How was your week? How was your weekend? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's been a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I am... I don't even want to say it anymore. <laughs> I am currently coachless again. I'm super oh. sad about this. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I, I lost my John. I can't talk a lot about what happened. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just out of respect for several people. But mm-hmm. I do not have a coach right now again. Right. Um, I'm super sad about that. Super, super sad. So um, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> <laughs> at least not my powerlifting life do we um, ever <laughs> no i just know that i like to bench press and lately i tried to learn how to sumo deadlift again so apparently i'm doing something right ish okay. sort of maybe um i do have although she is not a woman of color i do have to say i'm super excited that chelsea savitt totally just showed up in my inbox when I tagged her in something and gave me a whole bunch of bench advice and for those who don't know who she is she's like my bench arch goddess when people ask how I learned how to Mm -hmm. arch I point them to Chelsea nice Um, (laughs) because she is I if you haven't seen her she's super bendy um and she actually does give out some very good tips about how to improve your arch and a lot of what I've figured out over the last few I guess seven eight months or so since i started taking powerlifting seriously came from her and Mm -hmm. i think the best thing i took away from her and this is really exciting for me and probably for anybody else who powerlifts she actually went through first of all she went through and liked a bunch of my videos but aside from that um she actually said that she looked at my bench videos and she told me that i apparently have like three to four more inches worth of arch space (laughs) like i can arch wow more inches higher so she said yeah just keep working on it and you might be able to add three or four more inches and i know you know the bench arch thing is all controversial but for those who've seen my arch if i can get three or four more inches onto my arch the bar will only have to move about an inch hey nothing wrong with that whatever works for you man so i am all about that um so yeah that that's been kind of my as far as my powerlifting life is concerned that has been the highlight of my week the only thing that could make my life any better is if kim walford would show up in my inbox and tell me how to deadlift hey man <laughs> put it out there right that's that's kind of where i am Spe- I, speak I just, it into existence as they say right that's at this point you know hey why not so i haven't figured out who my squat goddess is just yet mm-hmm um, but yes, yes, I, I'm, I'm definitely like 
seeing her name in my inbox made my head explode. I couldn't actually answer her for almost an hour. Right, right. <laughs> I went incoherent for an hour, and then I was able to answer her back because I was too busy fangirling. Right. But anyway, um, yeah, so I'm coachless. I'm figuring out my coaching situation at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Because at least in theory, I haven't said this yet on here, but I guess it's time to say it. At least in theory, I'm sort of doing a meeting about, hold on, I'll tell you exactly to the minute. Um, in two months, 28 days, 10 hours, and about 59 minutes. Oh my goodness. I'm supposedly doing a meet. Okay. <laughs> supposedly I'm doing a meet, but I, again, I'm coachless, mm-hmm. so who knows what that's going to look mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm figuring that out. That's the goal for this week is to figure that out. Okay. And okay, I think that's cool. all that's really been going on with me. Um, yeah, that's about it. Ay, ay, ay. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> it's more yeah. than enough. It's um, more than enough. Yeah, same, same. Um, you know, life has been a bit of a shit show this past week. Um, good stuff, too, but, you know, just a lot of, like, really, again. So, let's see. When we last, last left off, I was coming back from a stomach bug and um, burning my arm. I know that we talked about that, so I won't rehash that whole situation. Mm-hmm. So this past week, um, or was maybe it was the week before. Yeah, so after that happened, um, I went back to work, and like that Tuesday, I was at work after we recorded this episode, and um, I just started feeling really you know, weird, like, having chills and you know then my neck was hurting then my body was hurting and I was like you've got to be kidding me um and so I you know tried to deal with it for as long as possible and then I really started getting nervous because I was like I don't even know if I'm going to be able to drive home like I was really freaked out so um I ended up leaving work probably like right before lunchtime and well actually it was a little after lunchtime and I got home, I got in the bed about like maybe 5 p.m. on Tuesday. I did not get back out of the bed until Saturday. I was so sick. Um, and you know, it just came out of nowhere. And like I said, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a, like a cold or a sore throat or congestion or anything. Just my body was like aching, like I'd been hit by a truck. And initially I thought it was just because, you know, I had, um, you know, trained that week and, and, you know, kind of had, you know, was coming off my other illness and kind of had got back into training and, you know, thought maybe that was it. I was just sore from that. But then my, like I said, my neck was hurting and I had a fever and I was chilled. So I literally just was too exhausted to do anything. So I just slept from Tuesday to Saturday. And then I finally got up on Saturday and my husband was like, we should probably go to urgent care. Um, and so we went to urgent care and it was, here's the thing that's so funny. So I walked in and I talked to the attending, um, physician and he, you know, was sort of talking to me a little bit about my symptoms. Did I go over this already last time? I feel like I talked about this. No, you definitely did. No, you talked about it to me because I texted you when I saw on your Instagram that you were in urgent care. And I didn't know what the hell you were doing (laughs) Right, okay, (laughs) okay. So I I just didn't didn't remember if I had told this story to our listeners. So anyway, just bear with me. I'll keep it short, but if you've heard it. So yeah, I got there and I'm telling him what's, you know, what it's been going on and what's been happening. And he looks at me, he goes, are you a bodybuilder? And I was like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like, why would you ask me that? You know, I was, but now I'm kind of not. And what are you saying? And so he just was basically like, first of all, 
um, your white blood cell, cell count is crazy. He was like, you're dehydrated. Your spleen is enlarged. He was like, you know, and if you are, you know, we're doing some sort of, you know, competing or, you know, some kind of diet, like it just, he just kind of was able to kind of pull all the pieces together for me, like how all of these different pieces were affected really just by, you know, eating and lack of sleep. I mean, the way I was eating or, you know, sort of my reduced calories and not getting enough rest and not, you know, drinking enough fluids. And it was just a hot mess. And he was like, and you're anemic and just all this stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck, you know? And I know typically, you know, when I've done preps in the past, like it kind of took me a little while to recalibrate and get myself together. And I guess I just forgot that. And so he was like, yeah, your immune system, you know, is, is, has been pretty compromised just because, you know, you're not getting all the minerals that you normally would, blah, 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 blah. So he took some blood because he was concerned that, um, you know, either I had mono or um, uh, meningitis. So I was like, oh, Lord, you know, but that came back fine. And so, you know, we just had a long conversation about some things that, you know, I should probably stop doing if I had not already, which I already had. And, um, you know, talked a little bit about, you know, uh, getting, he's like, eat some steaks. I was like, I love you. So, (laughs) um, yeah, so it was just a good, like kind of kick in the pants about just really being cognizant of taking care of myself and not getting stressed out and like getting enough sleep and just really working on, you know, I've been spending all this time like, Oh, you know, I got to make sure that, you know, my strength goes back up and these things happen within a certain amount of time. But really, you know, I, I need to be focused on just getting healthy again. So, um, you know, once I, you know, by Saturday I was feeling a lot better and last week was actually pretty good. I made it to the gym for, you know, whatever amount of days and whatever training I was supposed to do, but I didn't like, you know, really push myself too hard. And, um, yeah, so that was kind of weird and scary. And another reminder that, you know, I'm getting old and I have to, you know, be mindful of that. That doesn't mean, you know, I have to slow down or like not do the stuff I enjoy doing, but I just have to temper that with, you know, kind of making sure I'm, I'm taking care of myself in other ways. So that was a weird thing. And then there was just some drama at work that came up um, with someone and, you know, I'm, you know, starting to hire for a position in my office. And it just came about in just such a weird, bizarre and like odd way. So that really threw me for a loop. And it kind of actually spurned a little bit about what I wanted to talk about tonight, which was, you know, um, self-sabotage. And, you know, I think all of us, particularly women, you know, go through this at some point in their lives in different aspects of their lives, whether it be professionally or, you know, personally with relationships or even with training, really. Um, And I just kind of want to talk a little bit about why that is and, you know, recognizing it and and sort of what you know what kinds of things you can do to combat that or and also just kind of you know our own personal sort of anecdotal experience with that so I guess with that being said I guess the first question I would throw out there um to you D is you know what do you when you hear the term self-sabotage like what does that mean to you what do you like what does that look like for you and have you you know sort of experienced that it's really funny that you thought of talking about this um, because I am probably the queen of self-sabotage. I do that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done it yet with powerlifting, which is impressive for me. Um, 
maybe because I'm afraid of what will happen if I don't have powerlifting. I don't know. Uh, but I can, I'm pretty good at doing it with just about everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it is my tendency, and I'm defining it by me and what I do. I have a way of... It happens in steps. First, I convince myself that whatever the goal is that I'm chasing down, I can't do it. That's kind of where it starts. Mm -hmm. I start to doubt my ability to do it or question my ability to do it. And I become so focused on that that I talk myself out of it. And usually what I will do is I will do something to make sure that I completely and totally epically fail at whatever it is I'm trying to do. And it's not a conscious decision necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's something that evolves slowly over a number, usually a number of months, maybe a number of weeks. Um, I don't know the last time I did it with regard to a sport or an athletic endeavor, but I have definitely done it with uh, job situations or I definitely almost did it in grad school. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I think it was just a, a, a in grad school. It was for me. I was the only person in my program who was working a full time job while going to our grad school, and my program was not necessarily friendly to the idea of having a full time job while in school. So, the harder it got, the more I convinced myself that there was no way I was going to graduate, and I sort of drowned in that idea. I drowned myself in that idea, and instead of working harder I worked less for a while I went through this period where I just kind of worked less because I was like well no matter what I do I'm gonna fail Mm -hmm. and it's not gonna work out and the more I thought about that the less I studied because I was convinced you know self-fulfilling prophecy to a certain extent and um thankfully I snapped out of that and still got a master's degree but I definitely went through a semester where things were particularly hard and I I almost blew up my graduate school reputation just because I was scared Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um I could see myself doing that with powerlifting if I hadn't if I was doing this kind of in a completely isolated situation like I did grad school I didn't have a really good support system in grad school um I didn't have a lot of friends because, again, I was working a full-time job, so my method was go to class, go to work, come home. Mm -hmm. Go to work, go to class, come home. I didn't socialize with a lot of my classmates because they were there full-time all day. That was, going to grad school was their job. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I didn't have a support system, so it was really easy to get caught up in my own head. With powerlifting, because, number one, thanks to our friend Instagram, um, it's very public. (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and we've talked about how that's a negative thing to a certain extent right but uh in in the current state of you know me training and maybe doing a meet and kind of moving through the process having a support system online so when i'm falling apart i don't necessarily have room in my head to fall apart so much that i can say i can't do this anyway i'm gonna Mm -hmm. fail because you guys, you being you and the rest of our listeners who are on Instagram and follow me and talk to me behind the scenes, aren't going to really let me do that so much, at least not without asking some Mm -hmm. questions about my motivations. Um, But I definitely have had the feelings of, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I really just don't want to train or I'm stressed out about something in particular. Um, I went through that when I lost my coach this time, just so I'm clear 
I lost him in the sense that he's not coaching me anymore. He's not dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, let's clarify. <laughs> he is still with John us. John is not dead. He is still right. with us on this earth. I just realized I said I lost my coach, and it almost sounds like he died. Right. John is not dead. <laughs> he's not dead. I promise. I would be. A, this would be a lot less hilarious. If right. I, if he were. Right. I'm not sure we would be recording this if my coach had actually died. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> But there are just some things that occurred that led to him moving on to some other things and having to transition to some other things. But anyway, um, I had a moment of that after I lost my second coach of the year Mm -hmm. and am still faced with, well, what comes next? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I posted it on Instagram that there was a point in the last week or so where in my head I was starting to think to myself, is this the universe's way of telling me I'm not supposed to be powerlifting? Like Mm -hmm. the one thing I've actually, since I quit bodybuilding and stopped trying to prep for things, the first time I've really invested in powerlifting in a serious way, you know, hiring a coach, changing my gym, all of these things. I do all of these things and I end up separating from two coaches in less than six months. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, is this is the universe, the first thought I had was, is this the universe's way of telling me I'm not supposed to power lift? I didn't dwell in that for very long, but had I, that would have led me directly down the path to self-sabotage because I would have just stopped, I probably would have stopped training or at least instead of doing what I did do, which was a lot of this last two weeks has been a lot of, I do what I want. Right. (laughs) And I do what I want. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. But I was training. Um, If I had stayed in that place, I probably just wouldn't have Mm -hmm. trained. And that would have probably been the beginning of a long road of me not training or me training in a way not conducive at all to powerlifting in any way, shape, or form. So when I think of self-sabotage, that's what I think about is that kind of thought pattern of I can't do this anyway. And then the behaviors that follow behind getting trapped in that cycle of I can't do this, I shouldn't do this. And then you start to reflect those thoughts in your Mm -hmm. outward behaviors and you change your intentions. And it's not necessarily... Um, an intentional thing. It's just one begets the other, for lack of a right. word. Right. Right. I hear so, you. So yeah, that's that's what I think about. I. I yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I guess for me, um, like I said, I, I I I sort of looked at this kind of across, you know, sort of many different aspects of of my life, and um, you know. I think it looks different depending on on what it is that I'm referring to. So, and I think when I think about what it means, um, you know, again, I think it just kind of depends on, you know, what I'm referring to. So for me, um, I think as generally speaking, you know, self-sabotage really just means getting in your own way, you know, instead of hitting roadblocks that are external or hitting, you know, coming up against things that are external that sort of prevent you from getting, you know, reaching your goal or getting to that next step. It, it, it really is internal and, and, you know, sort of whatever, you know, internally you have going on that's, that's halting or causing you to halt your progress. Um, and I've noticed that for me that happens um, really in, in, in two distinct aspects. So, um, the first aspect where, you know, and I think this is a, a prevail has been a prevailing one for me with respect to like you talked about school and you talked about, um, you know, it's, you know, sort of your career and things like that. For me, it's it's really, I think, looks a lot like or has a lot to do with what um, 
you know, I guess the popular term for it is, you know, imposter syndrome, right? And I think a lot of women deal with that. I think that a lot of, you know, especially, you know, women that I tend to consider my peers and and sort of, you know, be in a certain space, um, you know, professionally or, you know, socioeconomically or education-wise, whatever, it's this idea that, you know, wherever it is that you are, whatever it is that you've achieved, you're undeserving of it because you're basically faking the funk. Like you're not really who you say you are. And the problem with imposter syndrome is that you spend so much time being freaked out about thinking that people are going to find you out, if you will, that it just causes a whole host of other problems, whether it be anxiety, whether it be depression, whether it, you know, be causing you to just not be your best version of yourself or do things that would allow you to be your best version of yourself, you know, and for me, all of those things, you know, have been tied together. For example, you know, one of the things that, you know, and this is just the strangest thing, but, you know, one of the things that is always a recurring theme with me is that I, if I set a goal for myself, you know, whether that was I'm going to go to law school or I'm going to apply for this position or I'm going to do this professionally, like I'll do it and and I will fully prepare and take all the steps necessary to do that, you know, work really hard and, you know, prepare, over prepare for an interview or put together this great presentation or, you know, really spend some time focused on applying, you know, researching and applying to law schools that are a good fit for me, all of these things, getting all my ducks in a row. And then when it happens, I'm genuinely surprised. Like, I have no idea how that happened what they called me for an interview. I have no idea why, you know, it's really weird to say that, but I would do that all the time. Like, and then God, like if I actually, a, you know, I graduated from law school and passed the bar and I was like, I don't know what the fuck happened. How did that happen? You know, or, you know, I got a call back and then I got a job offer. I have no idea why they hired me. What the fuck am I going to do? I don't know anything about this stuff, you know? So just stuff like that. And, you know, usually that would go one of two ways for me. Like I just would, like I said, spend that, spend an amount of time in sheer terror. Like they're going to figure out, I have no idea how to, I know this man is not going to trust me to try no damn cases. Like I remember that at the beginning of my career, I was like, you want me to go to court and do what for who, you know, like, are you serious right now? Um, you know, so I would just be constantly like stressed out or I would start like, just not like you were talking about like going through these periods where you just wouldn't study because you're like I'm not going to do well anyway or you know not preparing as well as I could for a case because I'm just like eh you know it I'm just not I don't know what I'm doing so I'm not going to bother you know so I really had to work really hard to kind of pull myself out of that and I still struggle with that sometimes I mean even you know as of late a with like you know the my most recent you know career move I was kind of like I can't believe they hired me and my husband's like what are you talking about you know (laughs) so you know just kind of going through those those motions and then even you know that would spill into my training to a certain extent in that you know I would be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, this is my goal. And then I would actually get through that goal or surpass it, you know, and then be like, I have no idea how I got a pro card. I don't know what the fuck is happening right now. You know, (laughs) you know, it's, it's funny because I distinctly remember when you got your pro card, I remember you sending me pictures from the show, from, from, from the morning show, from, you know, 
and from prejudge and i said you're gonna get your pro card you're gonna right? win yes and you were like shut the fuck up no <laughs> i was like what are you talking about stop lying and then you got your pro card and proceeded to tell me that you didn't know how the hell it happened yeah i mean i was standing on stage looking like a jackass like you know like oh okay well i guess i didn't place because nobody called my name and you know i look up and i'm standing there by myself because of course they call you know all the places up to first place girl don't even get me started anyway so i i find that um yes you can see it in the video you can totally see it in the video yeah what wait what huh? what's happening where, where is everybody oh, um me? but yes right so yeah that you know that self-sabotage kind of presents itself that way for me um in you know like i said in professionally and i saw it a little bit kind of throughout the years that i was training for bodybuilding and stuff like that the other thing that i noticed uh, and this was the most recent iteration of this and this is something that really kind of was that aha moment for me I also recognize that when I am not passionate about what it is that I'm setting out to do, it's just like my heart's just not in it. That's when I start to sabotage myself because I don't really want to do it anyway. And I think that's really, that was really telling for me with this last prep. Um, I just didn't want to do it anymore. And instead of, you know, at at the outset manning up and saying, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. I kind of kept going. And even though I was making progress, like I was sort of making the progress that I needed to make every week, my coach was happy, you know, things were changing. And, if, you know, there's that whole you can't, you know, your eyes are, are, are a little bit like crazy when you're in the process. So you don't necessarily see it. But he definitely was like, okay, we're on the right track. We're going to do this, this, and this. And, for whatever reason that freaked me out because I knew that I didn't really want to do it. And I didn't want to, you know, I wasn't passionate about the goal at the end. Right. Um, one of the things, you know, my coach said to me, um, when we were having this conversation about, you know, when I finally just fessed up and said, I don't want to do this. And he said, you know, every person has to decide for themselves if the juice is worth the squeeze. Meaning, is the prize at the end of the day worth the process and the sacrifice and the whatever else that you need to go through to get there, you know? And if it's not, then you'll sort of do things to kind of, like your your, your brain will sort of manifest that, right? Um, and I noticed that, you know, w- w- like when I was in law school, that was probably one of the hardest things that I had done up until that point. But I never, I didn't self-sabotage myself because I knew that this was something that I wanted and I wanted to finish. So, you know, I mean, yeah, sometimes I didn't study because I was just lazy like that, but it was never like, I'm going to intentionally not study for this exam because I'm not going to be successful. Like that just wasn't an option for me, you know, with that particular um, endeavor. And, you know, I think that plays a lot into it too. Like, you know, when we talk a little bit about, you know, why some of the reasons we self-sabotage or you know what we can do about it i think you know looking at your why is really important and why are you doing this you know and why is this important to you i think that will help a lot in terms of figuring out you know where you're taking those missteps and how to correct them so you know it's funny you said you are less likely to self-sabotage with things that you're passionate about i'm the exact opposite Mm mm-hmm 
the more passionate I am, the more likely I am to blow it up on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. heaven forbid I succeed, because then I have to deal with it. Yeah. Like I was, I I told somebody a long time ago when I started this powerlifting thing, um, or when I made the choice to do it consciously. I'll say that. Um, somebody said to me, "Oh, I think you'd be really good at that. Like you'll make a lot of progress really fast." And I kind of wanted to punch them in the face. Yeah. For that. Because now, you know, when people tell me I hate nothing more, and this is going to sound insane, so I'm just going to preface that with, I know this sounds crazy, but the higher the expectations that other people have of me, and especially if they are vocal about the fact that they think I can do well at something, if it's something I care about and they care about it too, and they tell me they think I'd be good at it, I will blow it up in, a, in an instant. I will That's not insane at all. No, that makes just, just, that makes perfect sense. Just, just to make the expectations go away. Right, because now there's like, this pressure. Right, uh, right. Like it, it makes me feel crazy that my real life friends, real life being not people who know me off the internet, <laughs> um, from places that aren't related to powerlifting. So people who know powerlifting, whether they know me in real life or they know me just on the internet. I'm not that strong in the powerlifting mm-hmm. world. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Numerically, I am a, on a good day, mediocre. On a bad day, I'm weak as shit. Right. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying that to put myself down. I'm just saying realistically, I'm not going to be anybody's world champion anytime soon. I got a whole long way to go before I can even think about nationals, much less anything bigger than that. Right. But to my friends who don't know what they're talking about, I'm like the world champion of powerlifting because they don't understand anything at all Mm -hmm. about what powerlifting looks like right so the fact that i can kind of casually bench press 135 pounds to them that's like the most amazing thing in the world so now i have to almost hide i don't talk about my powerlifting at all um on my facebook page partially because I don't feel like I want these people to know if I do a meet. Why? Because they're going to be looking for me to win the meet. Right. Right. <laughs> and they'll be looking for it. And when, and when I don't, then there's going to be questions about, well, you're so strong and why and blah, 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 blah. Right. And, and, and it makes me, when I spend too much time talking about powerlifting with the people, my quote unquote normal friends, it makes me want to quit before I ever, ever do a meet just so that I don't have to worry about dealing with the expectation that I'm some sort of rock star. I'm not in the mm-hmm. real world I am of powerlifting. I am not anybody's rock star. Mm-hmm. I am a very normal in terms of strength levels. I'm pretty normal, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not stellar. I'm not, you know, and I think all of us as athletes, we know where we stand, right? Um, when you think about the reality, you know, I know everybody likes to talk about, well, it's you against you on the platform. Yeah, in a way, Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be a sport if you were really only competing against yourself. Right. They don't give medals for competing against yourself. You don't win first place against yourself. Um, and when you have these people who don't know what you're doing and don't understand what you're doing and think you're amazing and think you're a rock star, that becomes a lot of pressure. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, to constantly hear and and the temptation is to kind of do something to make it so that all those expectations go away right that 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 is the f- easiest thing for me in the world like I can be as passionate as I'll get out about it 
but as soon as someone else puts those expectations on my passion I, I can't deal and that is the fastest road to me screwing something up completely which is why I I think that's part of why for a really long time I didn't even talk about this podcast right. on my Facebook mm-hmm. because I don't want them listening right. <laughs> and placing their expectations on something that I really care right. about because then I have to deal with that now I'm not going to self-destruct our podcast mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I care too much about it to do that but it's the same thing with powerlifting is they don't know like my regular friends have no concept of somebody like kim walford right or any of the girls who are big names who you know are 500 pound deadlifts and you know five and six hundred pound squats and they have Mm -hmm. no concept of that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those are not numbers i mean they don't even understand that that a 300 pound deadlift for a girl my size is pretty pretty normal like that's like a thing we just do that to them is fall down on the floor Mm -hmm. and die Mm mm-hmm and I'm out here like, uh, I got to put like 200 more pounds on that deadlift to be impressive. you know. <laughs> and so it is, it's for me, it's, it's very tempting sometimes to just walk away or to do something to force me out of it just so that these people will stop asking mm-hmm. me because that's, I get that all. Well, when's your first meet? When's your first meet? I want to come to your first meet. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't want to come to my first meet. No, you don't. Right. You know? <laughs> And I think I think for a lot of women we do that. I think, and I think it's imposter syndrome to a certain extent. Like when you know, and in the case of powerlifting, it's a little different because there's some very very clear cut measurements. You can mathematically figure out whether you have an elite total or not. That's a thing, right? <laughs> whether you have an elite level total or not. Um, when someone's telling you that you won first, second, third, or no place, whatever the case may be, that's a very concrete measure of your ability, at least on that day. Mm-hmm. But imposter syndrome plays into it because you're sitting there and I will tell myself all day, I'm not a real power lifter. I'm a girl who happens to like power lifting. Right. And we do that when we want to kind of distance ourselves a little bit and feel a little bit better about the big scary thing that's in the future Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. i keep saying i'm not really a power lifter then nobody has expectations of my power lifting right if i never do a meet no one will care because i'm not really a power lifter and it makes it a lot easier to continue that pattern of thought that leads to kind of the sabotaging and the and like you said the how, how did this happen right right you know oh well how did i get here when in reality you've been working for it the whole time yeah but it's just it's an interesting thing because it is i i I, nothing scares me more than someone else putting expectations on my passions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like i just don't like to be told i'm good at things it's weird i know if my coach says i'm good at things that's fine but i hate when other people are like oh my god you're so strong no i'm not right leave me alone (laughs) yeah and like you said i think it's just a matter of that of the context like they just you know and it's funny because you know like with my husband i mean like i said you know dude is like my biggest cheerleader and so you know we definitely when i had first kind of started getting into competing and you know maybe I came in third or you know whatever didn't place where he would have necessarily thought you know that I would have placed and he was just like I don't understand you look amazing what the fuck what the fuck you know and I'm like babe you know I I mean 
I appreciate that. And obviously, you know, you're going to be my biggest supporter and you're always sort of going to be biased. I said, but if you take a step back and look objectively at this, this and this, then it'll make a little bit more sense to you. And so when he did start to, <clears throat> you know, look a little more objectively, whether they be at, you know, sort of comparison photos or whether, you know, it was going to different shows and seeing okay I see what they were looking for and I kind of see why you you know why you place where you are and I get it you know and I think for him you know it was it, I think it was helpful for me because again it wasn't that pressure of oh of course you're gonna you know you're gonna blow everybody out of the water and you're gonna go to the Olympia next week and blah 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 and it's like <laughs> no that's not exactly how that no. works you know and they you know and they're like fighting arguing with you and you're like dude like I'm not trying to you know I'm not fishing for anything but I'm letting you know like I don't want you to be disappointed like and and you know you feel you don't want to necessarily let them down you know because you're thinking you know they're like they're so sad for you that you feel bad you know whatever even if you're kind of okay with it like you know this is how I this is how I figured this would play out or this is how this played out and it's fine and they're like oh my god this is the worst thing ever and you're like dude could you not so I think, you know, for for that reason, kind of like what you were talking about, about other people putting expectations on you, you know, one of my, you know, biggest defense mechanisms about that is that I just never talked about it. I very rarely talked about like, you know, if I was going to compete or, you know, I mean, I just didn't talk even, you know, this time. I mean, I mentioned it here and there, but, you know, you weren't getting no daily progress pictures and, you know, 24 seven talk about that just because, you know, a I wasn't really sure I was going to finish. You know what I mean? I kind of got to that point where it's like, well, I may not really make it to the stage. And I don't want anybody asking me about it, you know, or whatever. So that was, that's one of the things that I typically do. I mean, and I don't consider that to be self-sabotage. That's just, like I said, more of a defense mechanism to me. Um, so I guess, you know, and I, and I know like we've talked about, you know, kind of some of our, you know, what that word or what that phraseology means to us you know and I kind of wanted to dig a little into you know some other reasons maybe why whether it be yourself or you know through other people you know like why people um you know self-sabotage or they're on a pathway to success or to their goal and then like I said they allow or they do these things or these things happen that kind of I won't say they happen because I think a lot of times we do take even if it's subconsciously we we make these choices that aren't in the best you know interest of the goal that we're trying to reach right so you know thinking about why some of those things happen you know especially when it comes to training you know and some of the things that you know I had been thinking about was um like I said not you know just not having a passion for it like you're doing it not necessarily because you want to do it because somebody told you you should compete somebody told you like you said you'd be really good at powerlifting so you started powerlifting but that may not necessarily be your thing you know but now you you know because you've kind of gone down this path you don't really know how to like stop yourself from going or you don't want to disappoint so and so because they think you'd be really good at it so I think there's oftentimes a lot of that at play um, you know, so you, you know, whether it be not necessarily follow the training plan that you've been given or whether it has to do with your nutrition, you know, you just kind of put these little roadblocks in your way. Um, I think, you know, you mentioned it's weird because a lot of times people think, oh, well, we self-sabotage because we're afraid to fail, which I think can can definitely be, you know, a thing, you know, I've definitely been in those situations where 
I was like, you know, what's going to happen if, if I don't do what I have to do? Um, but I think even more so um, is self-sabotaging because you're afraid to succeed. And I think you touched upon that a little bit yeah. with, okay, so let's say, you know, you go in, you, you know, win this show, you know, for me, I go in, I win this show, I get this pro card, you know, then there's this other set of expectations. Like people almost immediately, like literally that same day was like, when are you doing your first pro show? What are you going to do? Are you going to try to go to Arnold? Do you want to compete in NBC? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Da, 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 da. And I was like, fuck, this is why I did not even, you know, why I hadn't <laughs> thought about that because I just don't want to think about that stuff right now. Like I just want to kind of focus on where I am right now. And what if you set another goal for yourself beyond this? Because obviously each time that you reach a goal, you're starting over again. What if you set another goal for yourself and you fail miserably? You know what I mean? So, or you succeed and then like, what's the next expectation? And so I think a lot of times, you know, that comes into play. Um, I think particularly, again, in the in the competition realm, whether that be on the platform, on the stage or something else, um, I think putting too much pressure on oneself and not necessarily giving yourself enough time to reach your goal. Um, you know, one of the things that you see a lot, particularly in the you know, bodybuilding realm is, you know, usually it all starts and ends with a 12 week program, right? 12 weeks, 12 weeks to the stage, 12 weeks to this, 12 weeks to that. Now, as a general rule, that may be the amount of time somebody needs to get to where they feel comfortable or they feel like they're competitive, but sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes you might need 24 weeks. Shit, sometimes you might need 25. Right. You know, and I think being so married to whatever that quote unquote standard is that has been set by whomever about this is the amount of time that you need. If you are trying so hard to adhere to that, but a, you know, that may not be the best for your specific situation, but you don't want to give that up. Then you start doing little things to, you know, sabotage yourself because you feel like you're not gonna you're not this is this is too much pressure i'm not gonna you know i'm gonna fail anyway so forget it i'm just gonna have those cheetos this weekend or i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that um i think that happens you know with people a a lot and then i think another big thing that i've and i've noticed this a lot i think as i've started to delve more into both powerlifting and crossfit um i think a lot of folks approach these disciplines with an all-or-nothing attitude Right. So if you don't come out and you don't have a 500, you know, pound deadlift or you don't have a 1200, you know, pound total, then fuck it. Like didn't you might as well just not do anything, you know. And I think as you start to go down that path and you realize, again, even though this is what is programmed for you today, you may not get there today. You know, whether it be whatever your goal is, whatever your percentage is for that particular day in training. So you either just decide not to go train at all or you go train and or you or you try to do more than you're prescribed to do and you end up hurting yourself or you go drown your sorrows and, you know, something that is not necessarily um again, in the best interest of your goals nutritionally, like there's just all these little things that start happening because it's like, well, if I don't do this, I'm not shit, right? Or if I don't reach this goal, if I don't squat this, if I don't bench this, then just forget it. Um, 
and so I think you know I I, I t like I said I tend to see that a lot more when I'm looking at things like powerlifting where it is very sort of objective in terms of this is where you need to be or this is what your goal is um, and even with CrossFit too or Olympic lifting you know well, this is how much I should be snatching because so-and-so is snatching this much and if I can't do that then I just you know just forget about it so um, are there other things that like other reasons or things that you've noticed that people kind of start going down that path I want to pit stop at where we are right now with this whole the standard thing and I think it's funny because I just said that part of the positivity of social media for me has been that when I do fall apart there are usually people who understand what I'm going through to kind of be right. like hey 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 chill out right. take a breath but on the other side I can also very easily spend three hours like an idiot scrolling through Instagram watching girls who are my size with 500 pound deadlifts and 350 mm -hmm. pound squats and I think for a lot of us who are new to the sport I've seen a lot of women who have come to the sport and you might be a gym lifter like I was a gym lifter I was just somebody who lifted for the sake of working out because right. I loved getting stronger you know it didn't have to be about how strong I was it was just I liked getting stronger and as soon as they flip that switch to powerlifting or they flip that switch to I'm going to be I'm trying to get to the CrossFit regionals or I'm trying to get to you know the CrossFit games eventually in however many years there's this panic that sets mm -hmm. in and because you can so easily see what other people are doing thanks to our friend Instagram yeah. I think some of us get to the point where we are self-sabotaging because you it becomes so overwhelming that you almost whereas you might have walked into the sport feeling like you could succeed you watch everybody else and walk away feeling like you're right. going to fail and so initially you might have started out by trying to kind of self-sabotage because you're afraid of success but now you're afraid of failing because you feel right. like you don't measure up right and it's this back and forth dance that we do um, that just feels to me it's a dangerous place to be it's just a dangerous place to be where I try not to I have some as I mentioned you know there are definitely women mm -hmm. I look up to in the sport but I also don't walk around assuming that I'm going to be Kim Walford or Chelsea right. anytime soon <laughs> like, not everybody is a natural talent and I think one of the biggest dangers we have as far as things that make us feel ways that can lead to the self-sabotage is the visibility of constantly being able to see people bigger mm -hmm. stronger and better than us inspiration can be the best thing in the world but it can also be a really dangerous thing because it, if you're sitting by yourself at home I know there are girls that I've talked to or women that I've talked to who are new to whatever of the strength sports um, that they've chosen I, I had a conversation with somebody a couple maybe a week ago who said she was new to CrossFit and I was I said I was like oh that's so that's amazing you know it's really great to see more of us us being black women kind of taking that step and trying something different and she said yeah I'm here but I feel scared because I see all these women in my gym and I feel like I'll never measure up and I walk into the into the gym and I want to turn around and go right back home but the thing is is that's right. sabotaging your journey right because again all starts. or nothing right and 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 it fosters I, I think the environment fosters that you and I don't know how you fix that but 
it's it's almost like there are so many of us but we never talk right. a lot of people don't talk about failing i think about that like we don't see when the girls that we consider or who are you know in reality the right. champions we don't see them fail a lot yeah. they don't talk about their failures some of them do but a lot of them don't address mm-hmm. what they do to fix mm-hmm. the things they fail on um one of the things and i've said on here before i follow a lot of male athletes partially because they don't do that to themselves you don't see the same level of self-sabotage i see a lot of right. bad decision making sometimes um you know meathead stuff like i'm gonna right. max out every day for the next right. three weeks right 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 why why you yeah. weirdo that's stupid but there's sort of a i give no fucks kind of thing that men do that sometimes mm-hmm. is kind of admirable <laughs> and they talk mm-hmm. about when they fuck up they 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 and and i sometimes for women knowing that we already are often and i and we're often mm-hmm. pitted against each other in a way that people and i don't just mean in sports right. i mean in everything in business and all of that and when you're constantly being pitted another against another woman you're almost always in this state of mind of competition where as soon as you get into a competitive situation you're one of two people when you get into a a competitive situation i think either you're a competitor who gets off on that and it makes you a better person or you freak out and Mm -hmm. you start to fall apart and talk down to yourself and make it more difficult and i sometimes wonder if women as women if we did less of the competing thing because i see women and some of us are really good at helping each other along and you know but sometimes i wonder if the self-sabotage sometimes comes from the fact that we can all see each other and we're all Mm. competing against each other in our heads and we're i know i had a friend before she did her meet her one of her first meets she had promised herself promised herself she wasn't going to go look up to all the other girls she was competing against she promised herself she wasn't going to find their instagrams and look them up and guess what she did Mm -hmm. two nights before her meet she went and looked up every single girl (laughs) in her meet and watched all their lifts and now she's a new competitor she'd only been lifting for maybe a year and there were several girls in her first meet that had been lifting for three and four and who had competed Mm -hmm. in nationals and done all these big things and she's competing against them and she would have never known that these girls had competed in nationals what if she hadn't gone and found mm-hmm. them but once she knew that yeah she kind of blew herself well up and here's the she thing got in her too own way she was just like oh my I god think, i'm not good um, enough to be I here i think for me um you know and, and i guess you know someone were to say to me you know are you a competitive person like i would probably say no and what i mean by that is you know i'm not like if i'm preparing to do something you know obviously i'm thinking to myself okay you know, generally speaking, my goal is to do well. Now, what well means and looks like is going to be different for myself every time. And it's also going to be different for different people. Right. But it is very like it, it. When I do think about that, I don't ever think about it like, well, for me, doing well means doing better than so and so. Like, I don't really think in those terms anymore. And I think, like I said, that just may be a function of, you know, me being older, you know, and and just kind of gaining that wisdom along the way. But here's the thing, like when I think about something and I never I I didn't I used to do this once every so often when I was, you know, getting ready to compete and like they would, you know, release the names for whoever was going to be doing what, you know, 
uh, show and figure, whatever, or, or maybe even looking at who won the year before, you know, it really dawned on me. And I said, you know, Brie, so, okay, let's say, like, to use your example, let's say you look up this, you know, this, your first powerlifting, you know, meet, and so and so and so and so and so and so are doing the meet, right? And these were the lifts that they had at their last meet. If you think about it, that really doesn't have shit to do with shit because guess what? All that matters is what you do that day. And you could come that day and you could be powerlifting mm-hmm. queen and fuck up every single lift. You know, you could be old hat at this, you yep. could you could miss all your cues, you could, you know, DQ. It doesn't matter. So just because this person is coming in with this level of experience or coming in with this or that doesn't really matter same thing with you you could have never done this before in your life but because of whatever forces are happening that day or the way that you prepared or just you wake up that morning and just having a bang up smash up great day you could go in there and rock it you know so it really you have to I think have that perspective and you know it's it, it I guess what is that saying about you know football on any given Sunday you know what I'm saying? During the football season, it doesn't matter what you did the week mm-hmm. before. It doesn't matter what you do next week. All that matters is what you do when you get on that field that day, right? And obviously, you want to try to, you know, take those steps to prepare so that you're at your very best that day. Sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. So I guess I say all that to say that expending that energy worrying about whether or not so-and-so is going to be at their best that day or because they pulled this three weeks ago is really a waste of your time and energy because it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, you know? So I think learning to, and we'll, you know, talk about this a little later, but I think learning to reframe, you know, a couple of things, what competition means to you, learning to reframe, even what is, you know, you talked about looking at certain people for, you know, that inspire you or motivate you, you know, reframing what it is those things that you are looking to externally for motivation for example same thing you know some people might look at you know um uh you know kimberly walford or taylor stallings or whatever and say damn you know she got like a you know 300 pound snatch like i'm i'm that's inspiring to me that's what i'm gonna aspire to right not taking into account all of those things that make the difference genetics length of time training you know natural you know inclination for that particular sport um you know training time you know how much time they put in all of these things right like and for me I can look at someone and say, like, I'll look at a, you know, I don't know, I'll look at a, 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 a Taylor Stallings and say, wow, you know, look at her fucking intensity. Like, that's something that I can say, you know, I can pull from that and say, that's something I want to work on for myself, you know, to be more intense, to have more focus, you know, to, you know, really work on my lockout. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like these little things that aren't necessarily. Yeah quite as subjective because you can't if you guys have different body mechanics different training plans different different this different ages you may not go in and be able to pull you know x y and z doesn't mean that you're a shitty lifter doesn't mean that you're never going to be a great power lifter but you got to be great for you not necessarily great for her standard because you ain't her you know and so i think that's where that sabotage comes in a lot of times like going back to having you know 
having unrealistic standard or having unrealistic expectations for where you are at any given moment. I don't think you can really look at someone else and say, you know, you always see these Instagram posts. Oh, so this person is goals. That person is goals and whatever that be, whether it be this person's legs or this person's back or, you know, again, this person's arch or this person's bench. It's kind of, to me, an exercise in futility to make that goals for you because that's not you. You know, you can pull you can you can take from it what you learn you can learn from it you can and that's kind of the effort i've been making over the last six or seven months is to kind of i, I there's this yep i always say that there's yep. sometimes a blessing in being stupid and ignorant and when you don't know anything you kind of cruise through life or through powerlifting mm-hmm. like powerlifting was great when i didn't know anything it was awesome because i was just like oh i don't right. know if this is a good or a bad deadlift so whatever <laughs> once the metrics come into play it changes things but one of the things i've been working on especially with lack of coach um is i can take from for example chelsea her arch is incredible now one of the things that we happen to have in common is we have a very similar before power lifting journey in common um so yeah from her i can't send someone who's never taken a day of gymnastics in their life and say hey take all the exercises she does exactly. and do those because that's not going to be where they're starting from now me some of the things she does some of the things she does yeah those work perfectly she posted something yesterday and it's like duh mm-hmm. i used to do that for gymnastics all the time mm-hmm. why haven't i been doing this and just because i hadn't thought about it but you've got to um you need to like you said reframe it take what you can from it like i love the fact that i can watch Kimberly Walford before her deadlift she comes out there I've seen her now that I've seen her deadlift live and in person she comes out with the with a level of intensity Mm -hmm. that is so insane and there's like no fear and I watch her lift and I need to figure out because the thing that blows me up is that I also out also, but also bar. within that, like <laughs> you were just saying, out. you know, you can, you can look at that. Like I said, I've looked at that and said, wow, her level of intensity is insane, but you have to find that and, and you, but you have to find it, exactly. but find your version of it, if that makes sense. Because then I, I, right. And, and I mean, I literally can't do right. And, you know, I get head because like, I don't, again, I, even if, you know, I want people to be careful. I want our listeners to be careful because if you look at someone and say, yo, you know, she's got this, you know, monster look in her eyes, there's smoke coming out her ears, blah, 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 blah. But if that's not your personality, if you try to adopt that exact same style of intensity it's not going to work for you you might be the kind of person where intensity means nope you come out you step up to the bar you know quietly whatever you stop everything you take some deep you know belly breaths kind of get that fire breath working and then you rip the bar off the floor that's intense for you you know what i mean so it's gonna look different with everybody so I guess you know I say all of that to say that you know one of the ways I think that you know we can help ourselves is whatever that you know quality is that we're trying to exude or pull more of take it and make it your own you know whatever whether that's intensity your focus might look different your focus might be come out twerk your ass on the bar a few times before you get started you know what i'm saying like you might dance around right can someone please do that 
I, I, I wish I could on the actual bar. I am putting out the call for somebody to actually <laughs> right. twerk on the bar. <laughs> I mean, I don't okay. think there's anything hey. in the rules that say you. If can't that's do part that. of your setup, so that's totally. part of your setup. But hey, for me, again, someone. I'm a. I right. am I a terrible twerker, so I would look setup. like I was having some kind of seizure, and they would DQ me just on that. Like, well, she's clearly not well enough to lift because she's having some sort of muscular, <laughs> some sort of episode. <laughs> right, right. So I, that's, that would not be my thing. It might have to be something else. So, well, yeah, it's it's there's something to be said for recognizing yep. the difference between I need to work on that skill. And I need to do what that person's doing. Like I've, and it's so weird because I don't think, um, I think sometimes people think I'm being an asshole when they ask me about arching. First of all, y'all, I've been doing this shit for six months. Why are you asking me for advice? If you started yesterday, you're about the only person I can give advice to if you started yesterday. Um, but if you but but i've been doing this for six months stop asking me questions right. i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but that's not the point my point is this like i put po- everyone knows i post more bench videos than i do anything else why yeah. because bench is my favorite i fucking love to bench um and when people are saying well how did you get your arch like that genetics and a really right, long exactly. time in dance and gymnastics so do you have like do you have 20 something years to devote to dance classes right before your powerlifting meet in six months because that's the only way that you're going to be able to like my setup is weird right. i know that it's completely ridiculous but that just happens and that doesn't and that me. doesn't mean so, you know, for you I'm to say well let me just throw away my I'm, whole body because i can't make myself arch like that in six months right that's just you right. and that's fine you might right. not fine be able yours. to reach that <laughs> level in six months but you might be able to go from a flat ass back to a little bit of an arch and and again that's progress you know any any little if that's your goal that's that's part of you know that's part of the process you're not gonna and i think too you know with self-sabotage a lot of it is this very you know sort of instant gratification society that we live in it goes back to the all or nothing okay well if i can't go from never trained a day in my life to ifbb pro then i'm not doing it well girl let me tell you something you know you gonna have a you gonna have a lot of issues and and you know it it does happen for some (laughs) folks like that it's a little bit of a one-off but you know i think just again having those realistic expectations um and doing some research and sort of figuring out kind of what's you know i see a lot of people ask questions on different sites about like well you know what's 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 a what's a good amount to add to you know your bench in a year or what's a you know good amount to and it's like but good for who like for me it might be five pounds right and good right exactly and everybody has different genetic potential everybody yeah. has different their body responds differently to training like i didn't deadlift for most of my last four week training plan somehow magically 10 right. pounds appeared on right. my deadlift i still don't know how it happened my body just happened to right. respond that wouldn't necessarily work for everybody and to think about the sabotage side of things and what you were just saying it's one of the things i wish i could see more often and i mean we can we can make the effort mm-hmm. to do it on our page but we can't control the rest of the internet i wish more of the pages that are i guess you know related to celebrating especially women in powerlifting would show someone who's you know 
a bigger girl who's still deadlifting 135 and yep. and, and give her give her her props because if we're always celebrating these women with these stupendous lifts yeah that's awesome and it's inspiring to see an 125 pound girl deadlift mm-hmm. 400 pounds that's totally inspiring but the reality is there are a lot of women I can never do that. that yeah and say I yeah, can yeah. Never so do y'all that. if y'all so you know are just everyday regular degular chicks and you know making gains in the gym you know on the platform or whatever send us some videos point it tag us in them because we want to feature you guys too it's not like you said it's it's not just about you know we want to sort of feature you know the, the the big names that are big to us but maybe other people don't know but we also want to just feature folks that are just making this you know making this work in their everyday lives and doing the best that they can so definitely you know if we if there's folks out there doing that that we've missed you know point us in the right direction because we would love to you know feature you on the page too so And I, I swear, I think one of the things I've seen this week that's my favorite thing I've ever seen. And I don't know if you saw it or not. I'm not sure. Um, oh, my gosh. She's the best Adrian ever. Adrienne Hu. I love her and her singlets and her videos. Yes. If you have not caught her epic fails video, um, that is worth the watch. Um, speaking of self-sabotage, that's not self-sabotaging to fail. But I think if we all could yes. manage to share the failure sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> It would be helpful for women to see other women fail and be okay with it because it's part of the road. I mean, you dropped the, I, I, last weekend, I straight up, I know I can bench more than 170 pounds, but last weekend, right. I, I put 170 on the bar. Not the today, bar, Satan. Fuck you. You're not benching me today. And I unfortunately, and unfortunately I wasn't recording anything that at, at that point, but had I been. Yeah, this is me failing. I mean, like it was like right. me with bar yeah. and air, me and with and bar and that's what it's about too. You and know, I think nothing. <laughs> I think people we need to see that because we need to understand that, like you said, you know, like I said, every you know every training session isn't going to go as planned, but that doesn't mean that you know because you had that one or maybe a week's worth of of bad days benching or squatting or whatever you just throw everything away right you you get back up and you show up again and it may not be the next day it may you may take a week to sulk about it and but then you come back and you know just every you know every day that you show up and do something is better than like not doing anything at all right and i think that's i, I think it's important for yep you know people to see that especially like you said with the folks that you know we sort of hold in high esteem or we look up to because i'm sure they have not great training days just as much as anyone else you know and i think putting it in its proper perspective is also really important to kind of getting off that road of self-sabotage um and knowing that even whether again whether it's even it's nutritionally you know someone had said to me once and I, i hear it you know often enough that you know one quote unquote bad meal isn't going to make you fat and one quote unquote good meal isn't going to make you fit right so again it's all about that just kind of you know exactly. just being able to kind of recalibrate when you need to and 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 knowing that it's okay and that it's not you know it's not a fuck up per se you know just made a bad decision or not even a bad decision but you just made a decision that wasn't necessarily yet you went in a different direction that is the perfect way to put it because i hate to use bad and good um so all of that being said i I guess the next thing we could you know think about a little bit is so you know we talked a little bit about what self-sabotage looks like we talked a little bit about why you know personally we we find ourselves 
you know, doing that, you know, why other people may find themselves doing that. And of course, you know, we want to talk a little bit about what are some solutions or what are some ways that you can kind of, if you find yourself on that path, kind of, you know, right the ship, so to speak, right? Um, and one of the things that I actually ended up doing this exercise recently for something else, but I think that this really applies well to, you know, whatever, again, your sort of sport of choices, um, and that's figuring out your why, right? Because for me, like I said, when I started to do that self-reflection about competing in bodybuilding, I recognized that I really had no like there really wasn't any compelling reason for me personally that I wanted to do it anymore, right? Um, and anyway, so this exercise that I had that I had um, found out about is you basically take whatever your goal is, right? Whether that's to learn how to power lift or to compete in power lifting or to compete in bodybuilding or to learn how to Olympic, you know, um, do Olympic weightlifting, you you're gonna sort of start this stair stop stair step process so let's say goal you know compete in powerlifting the question you ask yourself is why is this important to you right so then you answer that question and it might be because you know i'm really interested in learning a new sport or i'm really interested in being strong so then the next question and the next stair is why is learning to be really strong or learning a new sport important to you so then you answer that question, right? And you kind of keep going for several layers until you really get at what the why is. Because usually the first reason or the, the goal that we list and the first reason that we lift, list isn't usually necessarily sort of the core reason why we want to do things. So that you may take that exercise and you may get to the point where you say to yourself, you know, I want to learn how to power lift because I want to learn how to be strong because I'm tired of feeling weak because, you know, um, feeling weak makes me feel vulnerable and feeling vulnerable makes me feel insecure, you know, whatever that is. And when you can look at that on those days where you're feeling unsure about yourself or you're feeling like, you know, I'm never going to succeed, let me stop. You can look at that you know that why or why you're doing this and that might be the thing to kind of help you say you know what I had a didn't have a great workout today or maybe I got a little you know off track with my eating let me take a step back and just kind of go back to you know what works for me and that might be the thing that keeps you from stopping right so I think really identifying your why and taking some time to dig deep in that is is a really great way to um you know kind of get yourself back on track right um and then the other one i think that comes into play with that but also comes into play in other ways is mindfulness right and again that's one of those buzzwords that everybody uses and it means different things but you know mindfulness in in becoming self-aware when you are starting to be when you are starting to self-sabotage, I think it's really important because if you don't recognize that you're doing it, you're not really going to be able to, to sort of stop it. So saying to yourself, you know, you've got that internal dialogue in, running in your head. I'm not going to succeed at this. I'm going to be terrible. I'm never going to be good as so-and-so. Stop and ask yourself, you know, where that's coming from. Did you have a really shitty day at work where someone questioned your abilities and that's spilling over into your training? 
you know are you having some you know issues in your relationship and someone who you know we talked last week about support and lack of thereof you know is there someone who's not being supportive of your journey which is making you question yourself you know being aware of why things are are happening or why you're saying certain things to yourself are really important and again even stopping to write down how you feel at a certain moment you know i just said to myself i ain't shit okay let me think about what's going on right in this moment in time that made me feel that way i'm pmsing you know i'm having you know my 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 my, my mom is sick you know what i'm saying my dog threw it like being aware of that stuff will help you snap out of it so to speak um so, you know, that's another way to really, I think, you know, get refocused is to be mindful of that dialogue that you have with yourself at any given time and why you're having it. Um, did you have any, I have a couple more, but I want to hear from you. So did you have any like solutions or things that work for you to kind of pull you out of that space? One of the things that I've had to learn how to do, um, is to what's a good way to say this sort of Mm -hmm. break things into little tiny pieces because usually i'm if i'm really it's overwhelming it's because i'm freaked out about everything like the entire the big end goal and i'm like holy fuck what am i doing like right now for me i am totally capable of picturing myself for example doing a meet to do bench only i don't know why that's Mm -hmm, okay for me mm -hmm. but the other two lifts are not but they're just not okay and so for me what i have to do to keep myself from completely just being like fuck it i'm never competing in anything ever again oh my god oh my god oh my god is i really have to focus my training in a different way i have to break everything down into these itty bitty little pieces where i'm not thinking about like i don't talk about my meat all that often this is probably the most i've mentioned it ever in life because if I'm constantly focused on that thing that's happening, mm-hmm. you know, down the road, the big goal, right. I'm going to freak myself out. I'm going to. So I have to, even with grad school, I did the same thing. Thinking about, two, you know, being in you know, the middle of my first semester and thinking about two years from now, <laughs> what, what, what that was, it, put me, it just pushed me over the edge. So I've had to learn to focus on these small um, tiny iterative kind of pieces of things where i'm saying okay for bench i want to hit i'd like to see myself successfully do thing x whether it's a rep goal or a a max or whatever or just i'd like to have this many bench training sessions go well or something along those lines where i'm not focused on what all of those bench sessions Mm -hmm. should add up to in theory come november um that's probably my biggest thing is i can't focus it sounds really strange but i can't focus on the Mm -hmm. big goal if i'm freaked out by it and so i have to almost pretend that that big goal doesn't exist and that that really helps me and along with that i've realized that i i i've gotten to a point in life and this might just be something that's come with old age i have to keep my goals the ones Mm -hmm. that really mean a lot to me quiet 
I can talk about pieces of them. Like I post on Instagram, I post videos, I talk about things related to powerlifting, mm-hmm. but I don't talk about the really big goals that are in my head. The things that when my the my, my former coach now, when he asked me on his assessment form, what do you see yourself doing? You know, what are your goals for six months? What are your goals for a year? What are your goals for two years? Right. Those big goals, I don't talk about those to everybody. So you might hear them. Um, if I had a significant other and they cared about, you know, the lifting side of things, they might hear them. My coach might hear them. But for me to right. sit down and tell, and I'm not going to post that on Instagram. I'm not going to post that on Facebook. And because, and that keeps for me, that prevents that everybody being so fucking invested in what I'm doing and constantly checking in on, well, right. are you hitting goal number 432 and how's it going? when people start checking in like i said when people start being worried about what i'm doing when it comes to certain goals Mm -hmm. i will blow them up just to get that to go away so one of the things i've learned is there are certain things you have to learn and it's different for everyone there are certain things that i need to hold internally and keep them in the back of my head and know like you were saying about my why um Mm -hmm. They, those those goals right. are not my why, but they're my goals that are related to my why. Yep. And I need to keep. And some that's of okay. That to and I think again, you know, people, it's sort of like, you know, yeah, for whatever say, reason, because of you know the internet and Instagram, and whatever. Like everybody got to tell everything they're doing all the time, and you don't. You absolutely don't. If it's none of if listen, yep. if you feel like I'm going to do this the way I want to, and it's none of your goddamn business, then that's you are absolutely entitled to feel that way. You know, and you're you don't. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, you know how there's always that saying that goes around that relationships, like people who are really happily married or really happily in their relationship don't need to post it every 35 seconds with four pages of how wonderful their significant other is. Oh my God, I love him. Right. It's the same thing for me with my goals. If I'm really worried about them, I shut the fuck up about them. You know that I'm working on something. Right. You know that I'm working on something. And I remember being, it's funny, I was thinking about this the other day. My college roommate was in town. And we used to have on campus several dance studios. And one of them was like a small hole in the wall that nobody could see from outside. Like it was in a building and you'd have to actually enter the building and go inside of the room to be able to see what was going on in there. There were Mm -hmm. no windows. And that's where we used to hold all of our rehearsals. And it makes me laugh because we were sometimes the only people who nobody knew what we were really working on or bringing to the stage right. because we never rehearsed in an open studio. And it was so helpful to just kind of be in this space where I could just, you know, when we would choreograph mm-hmm. and when mm-hmm. we would rehearse, where we were just focused on what the fuck we were doing. We never saw what everybody else was doing. Whereas there were other people I would rehearse with when we would dance, where we would dance in the middle of the gym or we would dance in an open space in a parking lot. And anybody walking by could offer critique or input or compliments or what have you. And that, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. little things could completely derail a goal for an entire day or a week or a month just because, you know, if seven people walk by and say, oh, I don't really right. like that music. Now the choreographer is looking for new music. And so it's that same thing here for me where if I can go into that little room yeah. where it's just me in my head and I only invite the people I need. Right. I'm more likely to remain focused. I'm not going to blow up my goals. <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, and it, and it and it doesn't scare. It becomes less overwhelming. It becomes less scary. It becomes just as real, but less pressing and less. Yeah. 
holy shit, if I can't do this, what do I do? Because I know there are definitely people I've talked to who they kind of say, they get to this point where they're like, holy shit, what if I can't do this? And it's because they've said it to so many people that now everybody knows what the fuck they're trying to do. And it's, right. okay, well, what if I have to come home and tell everybody I lost? And so for me, one of the things I do is I try to keep things that really mean something to me to a very limited group of people. And then when I've reached the goal or not reached the goal or whatever, Mm -hmm. or attempted Mm -hmm. the goal, I might report back afterwards, but I don't feel compelled to give updates every, of every little or big goal that I have. I just don't. And I think it's, I think it keeps me focused on my own internal shit as opposed to, and it lets me check myself so that if I am, like you were just saying, kind of being mindful of where my head is if I'm not having to put on the show and keep the external people entertained or (laughs) updated, (laughs) I am more likely to be mindful because I'm not focused on what the audience is doing or what they're seeing. I'm focused on what I'm actually doing and where my head is. So I I think those two things have served me well thus far. And, uh, and, and and if nothing else, hey. guys, find you find you a Brie. <laughs> Get you a Brie. Because mm-hmm. Brie will be like, yo, yo, stop that shit. Right. You just threatened right. to quit 14 and times I, and in I like think, two days. Stop right. That and I think, too, and this is something, <laughs> so, you know, you know, get you, a think, too. you know, just I've really even learned from you and, and our friendship, like different, different people. This kind of goes back to support a little bit, but like different people need different kinds of support. Right. And I think you know when you when you whether it be a partner or a friend or you know someone who's sort of going through this journey or you know a mutual fit friend going through this journey and you're trying to kind of get them pull them out of that self-sabotage space you have to be very sensitive and mindful to what that person needs and you can even ask and say hey you know how how can I best support you right um, and that's going to look different to, ev- to to different people. Like, for example, you know, I've I've learned for you, like, it's not helpful for someone to basically if you're in this space where you're like, I'm having a bad day. I suck at this. This is bullshit. I'm never going to do well. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. It's not necessarily helpful for someone to come along and try to refute everything that you say. Right. Because even though rationally, we both know that that's the case, like you don't suck at everything and you're you're going to be okay, And, you know, you'll you'll do fine for me to be like, well, that's not true. And, you you know, you'll it's almost to me, it almost feels like you, you know, you might feel like that's kind of um, sort of diminishing your experience. Right diminishing that you are having these very real thoughts and feelings about self-sabotaging or having and and that that's not like you don't feel what you what what you're telling me you feel right and I think I found you know with you you know I kind of let you go through that so I let you have that full on I suck I'm terrible I'm the worst person in the world blah 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 and I don't necessarily jump to like correct you of those assumptions, even though we both know that they're dead ass wrong, right? I find that if I kind of can give you that space to kind of get that out, then, you know, you'll come back and be like, okay, I'm going to the gym today. And I'm like, cool. Or even for me to be like, you know what? You know, this X, Y, and Z that happened to you, that really fucking sucks. And I would, you know, be, I would feel pretty awful if the same thing happened to me. And then you can kind of get back in that space where you're like, okay, well, you know, my coaching situation has changed. So now I got to figure these things out. Right. Um, But for me or for somebody else, they may need that person to jump in and say, oh, my gosh, 
that's totally not true. You're going to be amazing. You're going to be fine and need that extra reassurance. So you just have to kind of, I think, you know, when you are serving that purpose for someone else or someone serving that purpose for you, just kind of, again, that self-awareness, like what is it that I need in terms of support when someone when I'm feeling this way and be able to communicate that to, you know, your person or your persons, right? Um, I think that's really important too, because, you know, you might be doing more harm than good if, you know, you're in that self-sabotage space. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. You're going to be awesome because this, or you are going to be amazing and you are going to do a meet. And you're like, no, actually, I don't fucking think I am. Right. Right, 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 right. Like, no, so you might even alone. be, you know, kind of pushing that person further down into that hole instead of pulling them out. So anyway, just. Which is actually going back to something yep. you and I talked about. Yep. We need to do an episode on finding your tribe because I think what you're talking about is, you know, everybody does it. I don't know anybody yeah. in the world who hasn't self-sabotaged the shit out of something. And when you have your tribe especially in this case if you're talking about something like powerlifting where you're you know your regular right. friends probably know have no clue what you're talking about um <laughs> and no reference point for it um you do need people who mm-hmm. a understand what you're going through in general and then b who right. care enough to figure right. out what you need to get through that because it matters mm-hmm. like you, you literally you cannot do the same thing for every person i think you and i are probably the best example in the world of that we right. deal with those with things like that completely opposite i don't mm-hmm. think i know mm-hmm. anyone who deals with things more opposite than i do <laughs> i like like you said i need to i'm a very right concrete and, person, and and, and no one's gonna tell you otherwise yeah no one's gonna tell you otherwise convince me of otherwise <laughs> <laughs> and and when you and if you try to convince me right. otherwise, it's gonna be two more days. Right. Like, oh my god, I fucking suck because I'm going to continue to suck. <laughs> like, so it's but I do think it matters to find your tribe so that you do have these people who, when you slip slip down that hole, because that's exactly what the hell self self sabotage is. You kind of fall in this hole that you can't really climb out of because mm-hmm. you keep you half the time if you're self sabotaging one thing you continue to slide down that hole and every time you try to crawl out of it you sabotage right. your efforts to crawl exactly. out of the hole um so sometimes you do need those people who who number one mm-hmm. recognize your signs and number two know how to get you out of that yep. so that you're not stuck yeah that's true thinking horrible things about yourself yeah for sure but it, it um and so then i think you know again kind of what you know what else might be helpful you know we talked about mindfulness um you know and just you know figuring out your why i think a couple of other things are at least for me and this was something again for me that was um pretty revolutionary because i think most of us you know the people that are drawn to these sports anyway and just you know personality wise and you know um you know, again, I find this to really be true with a lot of my my um, my black women friends, just in terms of all across the board. We're not really good at self-compassion, right? We're not really good at being kind to ourselves when whatever, you know, we, you know, sort of have these perceived failures or we get in this space of self-sabotage or kind of imposter syndrome or whatever, I think, you know, it just kind of creates this downward spiral. Like once we start talking negatively to ourselves, like 
it we we can't pull ourselves out of it because you know even if you and, and, and it's almost like you start self-sabotaging your self-sabotage right you say to yourself you know i suck because of this blah 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 blah. and let's say you've reached that step of being mindful and being aware and you're like wow you know what is this story that i'm creating but instead of looking at that as just kind of a factual situation like huh I'm feeling like this today and I'm having these kind of thoughts about myself. That's interesting. Then it's like, you know, you suck. You should be able to pull yourself out of this. What the hell is wrong with you? You know, why are you acting like a little bitch? You know, you're weak. Like we are just not kind to ourselves, you know, and I think, (laughs) you know, part of stopping that cycle is not. not only recognizing when we fall into it, but saying, you know what? We all go through this, sis. It's okay. Looking in the mirror and saying, sis, it's fine. We all have those off days. We all have those days where we question, you know, our worth. We question our ability. We question our capabilities and our talents. You've done that. It's fine. But now it's time to come back on this side of things and to kind of gently redirect ourselves. And I think being able to do that for me was really helpful um, in kind of stopping that cycle. So whether it be, you know, like us again with the, the whole last rep journey and just having a really shitty day and being like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to eat this today because I don't give a shit, you know, being able to say, hey, you you didn't have such a great day yesterday or, you know, these things happened yesterday. The day's over. It's a new one. We get a do over. Let's start over again. And I think once I was able to do that and be more loving towards myself, it was also easier for me to admit that I didn't want to be doing it in the first place. Um, So I definitely think it's really important to, you know, be kind to yourself um, and know that you're going to have those days. Everybody does. Even the one even when people don't talk about it, just because they're not saying it doesn't mean it's not happening. It happens to everybody. right? Right. So, and just, just being, knowing that you're not alone, right? And then I think, you know, again, going back to the, the why part of it, um, for me as a general rule, um, I talked about that connection between self-sabotage and, you know, goals that I'm passionate about, like just making a conscientious decision to stop doing shit that you hate right whether it be because somebody else has decided this is a good goal for you your parents have decided that your partners decided that you want to do this for your kids you know as a general rule if you are a grown-ass adult and you are paying your own way you know supporting yourself whatever in all situations where it's practicable don't do shit you hate right you might have to do that with work i mean i get that you know we might not always have a choice in terms of the type of things that we need to do to bring an income (laughs) to support ourselves and our families so i understand that but if it's a voluntary activity you're not making money from it it's not keeping you alive it's supposed to be a a hobby if you don't if you don't want to do it if you hate it don't do it right just because it's the thing du jour like you know everybody's crossfitting nowadays or you know everybody's powerlifting or you know like i see a lot and everybody's trying to get on stage and compete if that's not your thing that's not your thing and that's okay and you don't have to make it try to make it your thing because that's what you perceive you're supposed to be doing what matters at the end of the day is what makes you happy right and i think if you can kind of stay on that path and it's okay to try something 
thinking that it's your passion or thinking it's going to make you happy and you find out that it doesn't, it's completely okay to stop doing it. Like why? Oh my gosh. It is it absolutely okay. Time. You might get up and be it's like, okay. yo, it's I normal. am team, you know, Olympic weightlifting. I'm team snatch. I'm team clean and jerk. I'm all about this life. I didn't bought the shoes. I didn't bought the singlet. I didn't bought all the tapes, blah, 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 blah. And you may have told everybody about it, what you going to do. And, and you may get into it and be like, this is some bullshit. That's okay. You have absolutely every right to, to pivot and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I'm not saying, you know, be a flake. But, I mean, give yourself ample time to decide, you know, that this is or isn't for you. But if you decide <laughs> it's not for you, it's not for you. And if you decide, five, you know, five months later or, you know, five minutes later, you know what? I- I'm coming back. It is for me. That's okay, too. You know, whatever you decide to do, there's no, like, these are not life and death decisions. You know, so... You know, don't don't try not to put it in that perspective and that way you won't feel that need to feel like you're going to fail. And if you are going to feel it's going to be the worst thing in the world. So I'm just going to head this off at the pass. It's almost like that. I'm going to break up with you before you get a chance to break up with me kind of thing, you know. Um, right. I, yes. at least, listen, we have yes. all been there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you just. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to breakup. do that. You can just be like, eh. People, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I've run into the gym, run into people in the gym lately, and you know, a few of them that knew that I was planning to compete in August. It's like, okay, well, it's August, and it's like, oh, you know, when when's your show? And I'm like, I'm not doing it. And they're like, oh, you're not competing anymore? No. Why not? Because I didn't want to. Point. Full stop. Period. And like they're kind of st- sitting there waiting for the rest of the elaborate story. And I'm like, no, that's it. I just didn't want to do it. Oh, you know. And and it's like I know. I'm, you know, I'm sure people yep. think I'm insane or give me the side or whatever. But I just realized that was the truth. I just didn't want to. There's no deep, you know, deep seated, you know, story behind it. I just want to do something else. So, you know, um, right. It's mm-hmm. funny how that happens. How exactly. Can't accept, I just don't want to as a thing. And it has to be, oh, I'm injured or, oh, I, I you know, I have other. Right. Kind of, like they're always ha- people are always looking for some sort of explanation as to why. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's not mm-hmm. one. Sometimes it's I didn't yeah. want to. Exactly. Period. Right. It's that's, just, it. that's it. No, I didn't no is a full sentence. You know, it, same it's, thing. It's. Exactly, and it's and it's funny because I I actually went through that with my prior coach when he asked me about doing meets, and he set out a date that was much earlier than I felt comfortable with, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, well, well why? Because I don't want to. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a really bad idea to me. That's it. That's all I got for you. No. And people aren't used to that at all. I think most, especially with women, right. we're really good at explaining away our feelings. And right. doing it in such a way to make people feel better. You know, I, we, I read a lot about women in the workplace. And one of the things they say is that one of the mistakes women make mm-hmm. in the workplace is that we spend way too much fucking time explaining ourselves. Whereas right. men will say, be done no, it. we're not doing this. Yes, there's no, there's no waffling. They make a decision and that's that. <laughs> that's where it starts. You know, even if, even if they're wrong as fuck, even if it's the wrong decision, they're going to double down. Right. They're going to double down and they're going to, they're going to stick with that they're decision. Even if it wrong. kills them, you know. 
Right. And I mean, there's certainly something to be said about that and kind of not second guessing yourself. And once you make that decision, make a clean break and and keep it moving, you know. Um, I I work with I work with a, a, Mm -hmm. a career coach. I sometimes think she's more like a life coach, but whatever. And uh, one of the things she said is she encourages women in careers to take pieces from men and turn them into qualities that are, you know, work for them positively. So we don't necessarily need to act like men because we all know that when we do things that people perceive as manly, it's ne- it's perceived as negative. But I think about that a lot with regard to powerlifting, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see guys all the time laughing at their mistakes. You know, they'll post a video of them damn near killing themselves under the bar by accident mm-hmm. and just say, well, I fucked up today and this is where I fucked up. And I tried to take that from, you know, from that. Like, I, I'm starting, right. I, if I have the video to post where I screw up, I'll post it and talk about it. And Or going in and being able to say, if I feel confident on a day that I can lift something, hey, why not try this today right. as long as it's not too far outside the bounds of what I'm supposed to be doing. And kind of getting that confidence to feel good regardless of what's going on around me. I don't, I, I it's funny because I pay attention to, what goes on in the lead up to some of the big meets like nationals and things like that and i i one of the things i I, i've taken from some of the lifters whether they're male or female is that even on their worst days Mm -hmm. they don't let that become the all-consuming thing Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. okay i i totally missed what should be my opener but they'll analyze it and figure out what happened and leave it at that and just leave that there and fix whatever the thing was and focus on fixing that one thing that fucked up the lift that day and then they move on. And I think if you can do that without letting that thing you did fuck up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. dictate your entire training cycle, (laughs) because I've done that. I know I've done that where, okay, I missed a deadlift on XYZ date. And now for the rest of the next four weeks, I can't deadlift because I remember right. so much that I missed that one deadlift that I should have hit easily. And I, th- you know, that's just, it's, it's just, I think for women, we just need to, especially those of us who tend toward overly self-reflecting because you can self be reflect, you know, you can be mindful and reflect on your mm-hmm. experiences without letting them become all consuming and overwhelming and kind of, blow up what you're trying to do and that's one of the things i'm personally trying right. to work on is not letting things that yeah i'm disappointed yeah. in personally fuck up and it's a process you know. and and again it's a process it, it, and it, you it's a, it's you know you make like sure. you know three steps forward and maybe <laughs> six steps six steps back but i think in recognizing that and again knowing all is not lost that's what keeps you going right um i think the last thing I wanted to, to kind of mention that um, has been helpful for me, and I mentioned it kind of at the beginning of this episode, is in terms of, you know, I, I, I phrased it like my coach phrased it, which was, you have to decide, you know, with respect to your goal, you know, in, in, in you know, strength sports or whatever it is that you're doing, whether the juice is worth the squeeze. And what that actually is called, I found out later, is creating a um, positive feedback loop. And what that basically means is, you know, whatever that particular goal is, you have to, you know, determine whether the results that you are seeing in reaching that goal are enough to motivate you to keep going, right? So, you know, 
you have to determine again whether whatever the sacrifices or the uncomfortableness or whatever you may be doing that's out of your comfort zone if going through those things will allow you to get to this point again going back to are you really passionate about this do you really want to do this you know that's what kind of helps you create that so let's say for example you know you're working on you know getting your getting your um getting your arch you know where you want it to be for your bench you know that might involve maybe for someone who's not quite as flexible as you know you or someone who's dance you know being extra 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 sore after bench or you know really you know feeling you know a lot more stiffness in certain areas or you know maybe doing some flexibility mobility exercises that are uncomfortable right and so that person has to look at that and say okay these are the things that I've done this is my goal I've gotten an inch further you know a centimeter further on my arch because of these things is that enough progress for you to decide you know what i'm gonna keep going if it's not you won't or you'll start doing things to sabotage yourself like you will stop doing those mobility exercises or you'll stop doing certain things if it is you will you keep going so finding those things that help you create that positive feedback loop i think also will go a great way in in sort of helping pull you out of that self-sabotage mold again for me the juice was not worth the squeeze, right? Um, but if it's something else that I'm passionate about, that may be the case. For example, with law school, all that suffering, all of those late nights, all of that was worth me getting that degree, right? And finishing what I started for whatever you know reason. Um, and so I just kept reminding myself of that, you know, that little bit of progress I was making towards, okay, you got this internship, or this is one class closer to you finishing up this party, you know, this phase of your your professional, um, you know, your education. So I think if you're able to do that, then it'll be a lot less painful I think um so yeah so that's that's kind of that's that's my take on it and uh you know again you know find your person talk about it write things down you know look at your goals ask yourself why you're really doing something you know why you're really pursuing powerlifting or olympic weightlifting or competing or you know trying to get to the crossfit games whatever and just being aware you know will kind of help you to get out of your own way I guess so well I'm gonna drop the mic on that (laughs) yeah man yeah yeah hey like I said I'm not gonna get too excited because we have not (laughs) we have not finished but you know the battery is still going the the headphones are working there's no echo so I'm I'm going to create a positive feedback loop and say (laughs) that these things have all you know work together to get us towards our goal so thank you guys again for listening as usual we're on soundcloud um we're on um itunes you know leave a comment please leave us a rating because that's really what's going to help us kind of move ourselves up along the ranks in in itunes and it'll be a little easier to find us when you put that in the search engine for chocolate bar we got the facebook page now the chocolate bar podcast so check us out on facebook um we still have our blog. Um, we haven't written an article in a while, but we will be doing that soon. Um, oh, and I have to 
Right, and also, I don't know if y'all noticed, but we got some funky, fresh theme music, y'all. So I have to thank D for that. But again, (laughs) let us know what you think, comments, things you want to hear us talk about, subjects you want to hear us cover, let us know. Um, We'll see you next time at the bar.